You're listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast, available on Podbean and iTunes. I, uh, I have a title for today's song, or today's message, but I, I figured I would do it in, for, in the form of a song. Today we're talking about shifts and change, and change is never easy. How many of you just love change when it happens? We have experienced some change in Carter County, especially for those of you who live down east. How many of you had to wait in traffic on Monday? Yeah. yeah. We've got some, a change going on, a shift going on. You know, Jesus used some of the things that were around him so that people could understand what's happening. So today's message is entitled, The Graydon Paul Bridge Blues. <laughs> and so when I was thinking of this message today, the blues song came to mind, and I, I don't know how this will go off. So we used to say, y'all pray for me as I sing, but that way you won't have to hear it while you're praying. Just kind of goes like this, all right? Are you ready? Hopefully I am. Goes like this. I've always crossed the Graydon Paul, but I won't go that way no more. I'm gonna miss seeing the courthouse and Big Daddy Wesley's store. We got a mess here on 101, and I'm a crying son. Cause we shift to Gallant's channel and the great and Paul is done. This is for all of you who are stuck in traffic. I feel your pain. Well, I'm stuck down here in traffic. And I don't know what to do I done drank up all my coffee Oh, and I ate my biscuit too Yes, my drawbridge done and left me A new way I must cruise I done and been infected with the great and Paul Bridge Blues. We built a brand new bridge. Oh man, it's nice. It's crossing Gallant's Channel. Don't have to wait at the bridge anymore. Here it goes. It took four years to build it Piles were driving day and night It will be a bridge to progress Traffic flow would be alright 
But the project wasn't finished And the backups were a sin They had to open up the grade and ball again Shifts are never easy There are always things that happen and change got to be a little bit patient. So here's the moral. I don't know, maybe Bob Dylan would kind of sing it like this. Shifts of life bring many voices speaking loud to you and me. And everybody's a consultant. You just ask the D.O.T. But don't let grit get in your oyster. Don't let patience wear too thin. Or you'll get infected by the great and Paul Blues all again. All right. Thank you, man. That comes out on my brand new CD, <laughs> Church Debt Far Away From Me. All right. Graydon Paul Blues, call of God is to rise up and stand in the gap and pray. God wants to bring a shift about in His church, just as uh, there was a shift in the traffic and there's a new way that was being opened up down east, and we don't know all that's going to happen. There are a lot of things that are going to change. I, I realized that when uh, Ryland and I drove over on Monday night, it was right near a church, and I thought to myself, isn't that awesome that right here, the intersection of 101 and the Gallants Channel Road, there, there's, there's a church there. There people, businesses might move. Things might happen. We don't know all that's going to take place, but there's a shift that's taking place. God wants to bring about a shift in his church, and he wants to bring it about in two different ways. And this shift that I'm talking about is for God to do some powerful things, and it's time to rise up. And the reason that it's time to rise up is that I sense, and I hope that you do, that God is saying to his church that I am about to do some awesome things in the earth but I believe God wants to bring about the culmination of all things. I know that there are a lot of people and they talk about their eschatology and they've got all their timelines and they've realized that there are certain dates that correspond now. I've been around a long time and I've seen people change their dates and change a lot of different things. But in the realm of the Spirit, you can sense that God is saying, let's be the people of God. How many have sensed that? God wants you to, to be what he's called you to be. And so, therefore, there are two shifts that I'm going to talk about today on Super Sunday. The first shift that I believe that God wants us in terms of an urgency is that God wants to bring a shift right here. In your inner man. If you know me, that well, I've been preaching on this for a while, but hear the word of the Lord. God wants to bring a shift in your inner man. Things are going to have to change on the inside. 
in order for you to flow with where God wants you to flow. And so let's look at what the Bible has to say in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Paul says, and he's praying for the church at Ephesus, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his what? His spirit in the inner man. God is saying it's time for you not to be a boy inside or a little girl inside. It's time for you to be a man of God, a woman of God, to grow into maturity and to accept all of the wonderful things that I have for you. So God is saying you've got to grow in your inner man. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Too many times a lot of Christians have what John Maxwell calls a flat tire mentality. Flat tires are not fun. And you have to get out or change or call AAA and it delays you, whatever you do. But it, that's the time when there's a flat tire in life. People really begin to call on the Lord. Some people wait until things are bad, and then it's time to pray. It's time to call on the Lord. There's been a diagnosis, or things aren't going right, and now we got to pray. we got to come together. God wants us to get to the place where prayer is just like breathing. Growing is just like breathing. That's what I do. I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. I'm becoming strong in the inner man. So God wants to deliver us from that flat tire mentality so that we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. we got to grow up, and we need a shift. And so very simply, some of you might have seen these things in some of your studies before, but if you never have, I want to show them to you now. God, first of all, wants to save you from the natural man. We're going to talk about three kinds of men. The first kind is the natural man. And the natural man, according to the Word of God, that may sound, uh, sound really good in maybe in Hollywood or sound good. You know, I'm a real man. I'm a natural man. But here's what the Bible says about the natural man in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Let's look at that verse of Scripture. He talks about the way that you used to live before you came to Jesus. When you followed the ways of what? You followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. You lived for you. You lived to please self. You lived for your flesh. You lived for whatever you could do that benefited you and what you felt was right. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is it's death. And so you used to live this way. This was the natural man, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Do you understand that the enemy is at work in the lives of the people who are not followers of Jesus? Is that what the verse says? Is that what the verse says? The spirit, they follow the spirit of the world. And who is the God of this world? It's the enemy. And all of the things that he introduces. Now listen, the world is in confusion today. And so the natural man wants to do what the natural man wants to do. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Let's look at this in terms of a diagram. Let me show you what I'm talking about. You probably have seen this. This chair that you see represents the seat of authority in your life. The seat of authority in your life. And those little dots 
around represent the issues in your life, the things that are happening in your life, all of those problems and struggles you have in your life. But here's what, what I want you to understand. Who is on the throne? Self. That big S doesn't stand for Superman. It stands for self. And so self is in charge. Notice the circle and what's outside of the circle. The cross, Christ, his word, following him, it's outside of the realm of that person's life. I, I look at that and almost causes me to want to go and pray because there are so many people living like that today. Self is on the throne. And the things of God are outside. And the Lord wants them to know him, but they're living according to self. That's the natural man. And so if you have come to Jesus, this is your former life. And if you don't know Jesus today, you wonder why things are not right, why things may be just mundane. It's because you live according to the natural man. And God never intended, listen, God never intended for you to live as a natural man. A natural man is foreign. I know that a lot of people may say, well, that's just the way things are. But that's not the way God intended it. Are you with me today? God wants us. Are you with me today? Yeah. All right. You got the Graydon Paul blues already. Natural man. The second man that I'm going to talk about today is the spiritual man. The spiritual man. If you are a natural man, you're a, like a blind man in a minefield. You think you're okay, and but yet you're not. But yet when the Lord saves you, here's what happens. He makes you a spiritual man. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 and 15, let's look at that. The person without the Spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit. That's the natural man. And, but considers them what? Foolishness. Because it's different. It's a different way of thinking. It's a shift that takes place in his heart, in his mind. And he cannot understand them because they are discerned only through what? The Spirit. Only spiritual things can be discerned through the Spirit. But the spiritual man, according to 1 Corinthians 2.15, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. He is concerned or she is concerned about what God is saying. God, what is your perspective on what's happening in my family? What's your perspective of what's happening in my community, here in the earth, in my government? What do you have to say about this, Lord? What are the spiritual forces at work that come against my children and, and against certain uh, places in the earth and against certain groups? Lord, you get, you get an understanding, a spiritual understanding, and you also have the peace of God in the midst of this. Let's go to the next verse, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. So not only does God give you discernment, I, you know, we really need discernment to know what is right and what is good. And discernment is necessary as we live in these days. In the mind of the spirit, the spiritual man, he has that. But in Romans 8, 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh. What kind of man is that? It's the what man? The one we just talked about. What is it? 
the natural man. He's governed by the flesh. Self is on that throne. But the mind governed by the what? Is life and peace. Let's go to the diagram. That way you can see it. When the spiritual man has taken hold or is at work in your life, the spiritual man is alive, notice the difference. Look who's on the throne. Jesus, the cross, his word, his life, his blessing. God, you're at the center. We sing a song sometimes, Jesus at the center of it all. That's what we're talking about. That's the spiritual man. The cross is on the throne of our lives. Everything that happens, it, it goes through the cross. It goes through what Jesus has to say. And so, therefore, notice what is off the throne. Superman has gotten off the throne and has found out that he needs Jesus. So self is yielding to Christ. And look at all of those things that have been somehow dominating your life. You see them through what? You see them through the cross. The struggles, you see them through, through Christ. You see that, hey, I'm going through this, but you know what? I, when I get through with this, God is going to cause me to be stronger. God is going to develop in me compassion where I'm going to know what people go through and I can pray with them and encourage them. So I'm seeing all these troubles and struggles through the cross. And so that, that way I know that I've got peace with God and I can have peace in the midst of of difficulty. I've got peace when I have to wait in traffic to get on the Gallant's Channel Bridge. Whatever it may be, God's saying, this is rough, but you, you've got me. I'm in control. God is in control. How many you know God is in control today? I know things may be difficult for you, and it's tough for you, and some of you may be going through a health crisis or through a, a financial crisis, but hear me, hear me. Look at this preacher. God is still in control, and you don't need to worry because if God has got it, he's got it. So therefore, you don't need to have a life of struggle. Romans says it's a life of peace. Man, thank you, God. I'm going through it right now, but I know you're my God, and you're going to take care of me. So that's a spirit man. He sees the future. And you want to know something? This is really the man God is looking for. God says, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody who will become a spiritual man. And the reason I put these two first the natural man and the spiritual man is because the third man is where a lot of us, and including me sometimes, we have trouble. And it is called, or it, this man is called the carnal man. Say carnal man. What does the word carnal mean? Carnal comes from the word carne, which means what? Meat. Carnivorous. You ever heard that term before? Carne means meat, flesh. And so therefore, the carnal man is still concerned about the flesh. And so the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, let's look at that passage. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, here's what the Bible says. Brothers and sisters, Paul says, these are people in the church. He says, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. In other words, you know about Jesus. You're not quite the natural man. You know about Jesus, but 
Yet, yet I, I can't really address you as spiritual. You've not grown up in Christ. And I'll go to the next verse. He says, I, I gave you milk, not solid food. There are some things that I wanted to tell you. How many of you remember trying to explain some things to your children? Maybe when a relative died and you were trying to somehow find the words to talk to little Susie about, about grandmama and they didn't understand the life process and it was difficult for them and trying to explain some of those things we have problems with ourselves. We're dealing with our own grief, but trying to explain it to children is a difficult thing. And you know, I want you to see God in the same way. He says, there's some things that I want to tell you, some things that I want to give to you, but you are not at a place where you can receive them yet. So God says, I want to give you spiritual food or solid food, and you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. Look at verse 3. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, and are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans, the natural man? Let's look at the graph. Let's look at the illustration. Here's the carnal man. We've got self back on the throne, but we've got the cross inside our circle of influence. Look at that. I want you to see that because this is where temptation comes about. The enemy says, you know what to do. You got this. You can do it like you want to and just have a little bit of Jesus. That's all right. You can just have a little bit of Jesus uh, and, and that's okay. Just a little bit of Jesus. That sounds like a song. I'll, that'll be on my next album. Just a little bit of Jesus. But when you think about that, who's really in charge? Self. Jesus is not in charge. But yet the enemy deceives you to think that you're okay because you've got some, somehow some spiritual influence around you. Hear me, and I want you to hear this in your spirit. If Jesus is not on the throne of your life, you are still walking in the flesh and either he is Lord of all or he is not Lord. Pastor, that's tough. I struggle. I know. But here's what the spiritual man does. The spiritual man says, I don't understand everything, Lord. I don't know everything. But I'm going to trust you. I'm going to let you take charge. I'm being tempted, God, but I'm going to let you be the Lord of my life. I want to grow up as a man of God, as a woman of God. And so God wants you to deliver you from the carnal man. The Bible says that we are not to be drunk with wine, but we are to be filled with the Spirit. Here's a question I have. Why are there so many casual believers, but yet they're not full of the Spirit of God? Why are there those who say, well, I want a little bit of Jesus, but I, I really don't want a fellowship with the body. I don't want his church. You know, I've heard people say, I like Jesus, I just don't like his people. And I, we've talked about this all the time. People come in office and say, you know, Pastor, I've been hurt by this one. They're, they're hurt by church. Well, I am the king of being hurt by church. If you're in any type of leadership capacity, 
whatever. You know, people hurt you. How many know sheep bite? They, they got big teeth. And their bites are infectious. But here's what the Lord wants us to understand. And that is this. God is saying, I want you to follow after me because if you do, you are lining yourself up with God's plan and purpose for your life. I believe that if we begin to make Jesus truly Lord, we will have more impact than we've ever had. I know that we're not perfect. I know we don't have everything together. But when you begin to say, Jesus I don't know, but you do. You take charge. We are yielding to him so that he can do what he needs to do. And so God is saying to us today, I want you to shift and become a spiritual man. I want you to grow up. I want you to be the man I've always thought, always designed for you to be. I want you to be the woman that I have called you to be. I want you to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I have good things for you. I have blessing for you. What I have for you, the world cannot compare with what I've got for you. How many of you want more peace in your life, more joy in your life? You want to see God at work? Then God is saying it's time to get self off the throne. It's time to crucify the man of the flesh, and it's time to have a resurrection of Jesus in your life and let him get on the throne and let him begin to direct your ways and let him begin to touch you and bless you and minister to you and you begin to see things through a godly perspective. God is saying, stop whining and complaining over the old days. God is saying, the days where you have a carnal nature, I'm going to end that, and today is a time for the church to rise up. Rise up, O men of God. Be done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Come on, let's be spiritual men and women. That's the shift God wants to make. First shift. Second shift. He wants to bring a shift in your prayer life. In your prayer life. When the Bible speaks about prayer, and this is why we're going into this uh, series over the next uh, four or five weeks. God's saying, I want you to rise up and as, a spiritual, as a spiritual body, but I want to bring a shift in your prayer life. That's why next Sunday I'll introduce it. We'll have a prayer emphasis for 40 days. We'll pray on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. And here's the thing. God's going to deliver us from the flat tire mentality for prayer. It's interesting that something negative happens. We've talked about this before. What are the first two words that people say, even if they don't know the Lord, when something bad happens, they say, well, oh, God's going to deliver us from the flat tire mentality so that we have a powerful relationship with him. And we don't just call on God when things are bad. We have a constant friend that sticks closer than a brother. I mean, you're glad for that relationship today. And so, therefore, God is saying, I want to take you to a place where your prayer life is just like 
breathing. And so it is God's calling for his church. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30, God is saying, I looked for a man to stand in the gap, but I didn't find anyone. This is one of the most sad passages in the Old Testament. Jerusalem's sins were rampant. There was a, it was a horrible state of affairs there. God was literally asking for someone to stand in the gap. Will you cry out to me for this city? Will you cry out to me for the sins of the people? Will you cry out to me for what's happening? Will you cry out to me for this opioid crisis we've got in Carteret County and in the state of North Carolina? Will you call out to me for kids who don't have any future and the suicide rate is climbing? Will you call out to me for people who need God, for families and for marriages that are falling apart and people are, are not... To, serving God. Will you cry out to me? Will you be people of prayer? Will you stand in the gap? I believe that God is saying, and he's saying to all the churches today, but I, I got to tell you, I don't pastor the other churches. I'm pastor Glad Tidings, and God is saying, Glad Tidings Church, rise up. Be people of prayer. I've raised you up to intercede. I've raised you up to impact your community. The reason I've blessed you is not you could consume my blessing. The reason I've blessed you is so that this county will know that Jesus is Lord and that you love people. This I know Pastor Phelps was here years ago, and he said, this place has got to be a hospital. I echo that today. This is a place where people who don't have a chance can come and find the living Lord and be healed in their body, soul, and spirit. So there's a shift that God wants to bring about. It's God's calling for his church. Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the spirit when it hits you. With God is great, God is good. The Bible says pray in the spirit on all occasions. Spirit of God. When you walk into a room, you say, Lord, I don't know who's in this room, but the Bible says steps of righteous man are ordered by the Lord, so therefore I know that you've got me here for a purpose. So I pray for everybody that's in this room today. I'm not talking about somebody strange. You've seen those kind of people. I'm talking about just saying, God, thank you. Thank you for these people that I'm going to meet today. Let me impact them for the kingdom of God with all kinds of prayers. We're going to talk about some and request. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. The Lord's people need prayer. And so we're going to pray for them. So the Bible says that we've got to always be in prayer. Pray without ceasing. It's the calling for the church. Now, I want to do this. This won't take long. This is going to take about, about two minutes. But I want to talk to you about the types of prayer. And then we're going to close this message. The first type of prayer. How do I pray, Pastor? How do I pray? This is just a simple four-step prayer. This not, and yet, it incorporates the Lord's Prayer in this. But I want you to look at this. The first thing that you need to do when you get up in the morning or you want to have a prayer time with God is adoration. Say adoration. What does that mean? It means we adore God. We adore Him. We express love for Him. We're praising Him for who He is. And, and, but yet, most of the time, prayers begin like this. Oh, God, here I am again. Help this. Do this. 
I need this. Gimme, 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 gimme. That's on my other album. <laughs> Listen, I am more than happy to do things for my children. But the thing that I long for most is to have fellowship with them. And God is saying, I want you to love me. I want you to adore me. And he is worth adoring. Amen? And so therefore we adore him. If you don't know how wonderful he is, look in the word. Look in the creation. Go down by the shore. Uh, go, go look in the, the mountains. Go, God is good. Look in how he's blessed other people. Adore him. Praise him. Now let's go to the next one. The second part of is confession. Confession. You know that the Bible says that sin can hinder our communication with God. And so therefore, 1 John 1.9 says if we confess our sin, he's not talking to unbelievers necessarily here. He says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we just come in the presence of the Lord and say, Father, I, 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 just, I know that my heart sometimes... I say things that I shouldn't say, and I should say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and all those types of things. And all the men say, I should say, yes, dear, whatever. So, you know, the thing of it is, is that you're, you're just saying, Lord, I know that I'm not always perfect, and I, I need you, God, to help me. I confess my need of you. And we can confess, Lord, I pray for, for my city and the things that are happening there. So there's a time of confession. And then the third type of prayer is called thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. you got a lot of reasons to thank the Lord. A lot of reasons to thank Him. How many of you, uh, you woke up this morning, um, you, you, had, you had coffee, you had breakfast, uh, God blessed you. you, you have your needs met. God is so good. Thank Him. Even on your, listen, on your worst day, you have it far better than the majority of the people on planet Earth. Do you realize that? So thanksgiving. God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. I love you. And then fourthly is supplication. Supplication. What does that mean? Supplication simply means that we give our requests to the Lord. We make our requests known to God. And notice that when we make our request unto the Lord, what is happening here? We've had adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Before I ask for anything, I have spent time in the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you something. When you begin to do A, C, and T, sometimes I forget about supplication because my God has already confirmed to me and touched me and blessed me and ministered to me and said, I got this, son. Even before you ask it, I've got it. I've got that relationship happening. But God says supplication. It means to give requests, make them known unto the Lord. Now here's where God's going to shift us from. At Glad Tidings Church, God's going to shift us from one kind of prayer to another kind of prayer. 
All right? And I want to just tell you, go and confirm this, that when you think of the Lord's Prayer, which is really not the Lord's Prayer, it's our prayer. We say, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is that? That's adoration. Thy kingdom come. I'm aligning myself. Thy will be done. Talking to God about his kingdom. And then it's before all that happens before we pray, give us anything. That's what we're talking about. So at Glad Tidings Church, God will shift us from supplication, just me prayers, to intercession, others, and praying for them. Hear me. This is what God is saying to us. I'm raising you up as a body of intercessors. I'm raising you up to stand in the gap for your community, for your city, for your county, for your state. Listen, if we begin to do that, we're going to see some powerful things take place in our community. And so God is saying, I'm going to shift you from that. God says, rise up. Rise up. When you think of supplication in the Bible, supplication, 60 times we find that in the Word of God. Most of the time they're praying for self-needs. I don't know. I, you know, I need to pray for me. I need a lot of prayer. And, sometimes, and, and we all pray, but Lord, help me. Yes, those things are important. But here's the shift. When you, it has to go to do with the first shift. When you become a natural man or from a natural man to a spiritual man and or from a carnal man to a spiritual man you begin to see things from God's perspective and God will graduate you from me myself and I and you will get a worldview and begin to see things as how God sees them and you begin to have faith in your life and realize God can do great and mighty things Listen, I believe that God will bring a mighty revival in the earth. I believe that he's going to do it in the last days. I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. He's going to do that. I believe he's not coming for a half-beaten bride. He's coming for a mighty church. He's coming for a church that's on fire, a church that is living as spiritual men and women, a church that is interceding, a church that is loving him. And God is saying to us today, it's time for you to make the shift and get on the new bridge that God is bringing into your life and I'm going to cross you over into another place where you've never been before. God has always done that. When he begins to do something in your life, he always adds something. In the Old Testament, God wanted to add something to them. He took them out of Egypt, brought them into a new land. When God wanted to bless the church, God says it is not just to be made of Jews only, but it's to be made of Gentiles and people from all different races and all different nationalities. There were adjustments that had to be made. There were things that had to happen. There was growth that had to happen. I want to tell you that shifts are never easy, but God says, I want you to leave your childhood mentality, your selfish mentality, the me, myself, and I mentality, and I want you to become men of God women of God, spiritual men 
men and women, men of prayer, women of prayer, people who know how to get a prayer through, people who know how to call on the name of the Lord. If we would join together and pray and become mature in Jesus, which I'm telling you, this is a joyful life. I'm on this journey, and I know you are on this journey, but if we will come together and join our hearts together, grow in Christ, call on his name, I believe that we have not yet seen all that God will do. Shifts are tough, but yet God says they're necessary. It is vital. I know that sometimes things can be misunderstood. I know that sometimes it's tough. New things are tough. But I want to tell you personally, God is bringing me to a place where, yes, I'm a, I have to be an intercessor. There's a step up when God calls you to be an intercessor. And there are certain things you may not always understand. New, how many of you know new things are not easy? Like reminds me of the guy that he was from back country in, in West Virginia somewhere up in, up in those places. And he went to the city. And the first time he'd ever seen an elevator. And a lady got on the elevator. She could hardly walk. She was stooped over. And the doors closed. And, and about two minutes later, the doors opened. And a beautiful blonde came off with blue eyes. He said, son, go get your mother. <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of things when God does something new in your life, you're not going to always understand everything. But as your pastor today... I want you to have a life of joy. I want you to have a life of peace. And the Bible says that the life of the Spirit, there is life, there is joy, there is peace. It's time to make the shift. And here's what happens. When you make that shift, you'll start thinking about the old way. You'll start thinking about the old carnal nature. And the carnal nature, it'll try to come against you. Just like when you're trying to go across the new bridge and you long for the old days where the bridge began to rise and you sat there for 15 minutes. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for a new bridge. Man, I love getting over there quick. And I believe that, that it's a change that's, that's brought about, even in the natural. But I want you to understand something. When God wants to bring a change in your life and a shift, He does it because he loves you. Stand with me. Can you do that? Our prayer today is just simply two things. Jesus, help me to be a spiritual man and help me to be a man of prayer. Do you realize that if the body of Christ would come together that I believe that we would see some powerful things happen. There's a hunger in my heart to see God bring healing. There's a hunger in my heart for people to see deliverance. And I believe that when God begins to move, it's in response to people who desire him and people who want to pray. So we've got to be just like they were in the Old Testament. After some difficulty, there's a passage of Scripture that says, and then men began to call on the name of the Lord. God's saying, come on, glad tidings, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. 
Arise, church. Arise. Rise up in the Spirit. Yes, there will be dark days on planet Earth, but on you I will cause you to rise up and I will pour out my glory. Rise up, church, and accept the calling that I have placed on you. So I want you to pray this with me today. Come on and say it with me. Jesus, make me a spiritual person. Make me a person of prayer. I thank you for it, Lord. All right. Now here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, we're going to begin this 40 days. And there will be prayer that will begin. Uh, you'll have a, there's a little booklet. And if you've not seen it, I've got one right here. And you can get it at, at uh, guest services. It's called Seek God for the City. And we start this all together on February, I believe on February the 14th. And there will be a reading for every day. And you know what the first day is? Revival of God's people. Wow. So all of us together are going to be praying for revival of God's people. The next day, and you know what's interesting is that there's a nation of the world to pray for that day. We're going to pray for the Caribbean. Not that you'll get a cruise. Remember, you're going to pray for other people, all right? The next day, we're, we're praying for humility instead of pride. So all of these things, God's going to bring about. So if you've not yet done this, would you pick this up today or on your app? You can get it, and it'll go right there on your phone. You'll have it for every day. I'm ready for us to enter in. Amen? I mean, I know this is Super Bowl Sunday, and I've not said anything about it. And I'm not going to. Let this be a Super Sunday for you. I'm tired of this ambivalence in my life. You know what? When the enemy attack, listen, when the enemy is trying to attack you hard, it's because he doesn't want you to become the spiritual man that God has designed for you to be. So understand, the reason he is attacking you is because he doesn't want the potential in you to come forth. And so therefore, you've got to say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit and keep on moving on with God. I'm telling you, hell is getting ready to shake because people of God are going to pray and call on the name of the Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, let's praise Him right now. Lord, we praise You. We bless You. We thank You that You're good. Now call us to prayer and to be spiritual men and women. Be spiritual men. If you're under the sound of my voice today and you're, you're, you're this natural man that I talked about and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and he's saying, you got to cross the bridge, daughter. you got to cross the bridge, son. I want you to know me and know me personally. I want to just pray for you right where you're standing. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I've, I've been a natural person and I really need to be a person of the Spirit. I need Jesus to be Lord. Nobody's looking around. I just want to pray for you. If, you. if you're here today, just lift your hand. Don't be ashamed. I'm just going to pray for you right where you're standing. Anybody else? Anybody here? 
Yes, there's one. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Yes. I need to be a spiritual man. Amen. It's about four, five individuals. Can you pray with me right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for calling people into yourself or unto yourself. And so today we just pray right now and ask that you would cause us to come to you. All you need to say is, Jesus, I give you my life. I put you at the center of my life. Say that with me. Jesus, I put you at the center of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I need you to do. If you prayed and said, Jesus, I need you to be the center of my life. There's a, there's a card there in front of you. Just a connection card. Just write your name. Say, you know, I, I prayed that prayer today. We'll call you. We want to help you. In fact, Essentials starts this week. And that Essentials is a powerful way to, for you to get plugged in. And God will help you. And so I'm going to invite you this Wednesday night. Amen? Amen. Hold on just a okay. The women will still be meeting at 4 o'clock on Sunday. All right? All right? I want to encourage you today. Let's pray. Let's call on the name of the Lord. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast. For more sermons, please search for Glad Tidings Church on Podbean and iTunes. For more information regarding our church, Sunday morning services, and other groups and gatherings, please visit our website at gladtc.com.